Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do an amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans. Coming to you from the Freightliner studio, hanging out in the truck again today uh, to record this debrief. We just finished up our clinic in Portland, North Dakota. Had a great time there. We battled the mud and the rain. Um, but you know what? It turned out pretty darn good. And I'm going to talk about a few lessons that I think are important. Um, a few things that went good. A few things not so good. And... Um, you know, we can always learn from our experiences. We should be learning from our experiences. And this is something, these debriefs have been fun for me to record. I think they've been kind of a bit of a, 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 bit of a therapy for me personally uh, to come back after the clinic, talk about successes, talk about things that weren't so successful, um, and hopefully... Those of you that plan to come to a clinic will will take something from this and learn and and uh, hopefully when you come to a clinic um, it'll help you be more prepared and then also I hope you know these lessons just apply across the board you know to all aspects of your mulemanship and horsemanship journey so when you're at home working of course these lessons will apply there for sure so. Um, hopefully you'll get something out of this. You know, for me, every single clinic is, is a way for me to, to practice and implement my skills. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun for me to get to work with so many different animals. I, I don't know, um, anything else in this industry where you can get your hands on so many animals, um, working with them. I mean, I, you know, I got a lot of friends that are veterinarians, and you know they get a lot of hands-on, obviously, and they're they're working on the physical pieces and parts. And I got friends that do, you know, they're chiropractors, and I got friends that do the massage therapy, and and friends that do dental work on these equines, and you know, they all get a little, they all get hands-on um, for medical purposes. A lot of those folks. My end of the game is the behavior and the mental side of things, working with the, working with that brain, you know, and trying to help the animal bridge the gap of our communication here so they can understand what it is that we're asking them. And being able to do these clinics, I get to have my hands on, on uh, you know, so many of them and get to be around so many of them that it's just, it's just really rewarding for me. And, you know, this past week in Portland, North Dakota, at the Mayport Arena was no different. Um, it was a small clinic, uh, relatively speaking, um, in numbers. And there were a few firsts this time. I think it was the smallest foundation class um, I may have ever had. Although I did just think of one uh, that I did in Indiana one time. I had a uh, my buddy... Peter was there, and he, I think he was the only one there, so 
this this one in North Dakota, I had two participants, and then then there became three participants. But for for that moment, it was maybe the smallest foundation class I ever had. And then uh, something else that was new for for me was this clinic in in North Dakota was the first clinic I've ever had where the the horses outnumber the mules in the clinic. So I had a lot more. I shouldn't say a lot more. I had a few more horses than I had mules, and you know it doesn't matter at all. Um, you know we don't do any segregating. We had we had a donkey in the clinic. We had mules, and we had a lot of horses. And I didn't say, okay, long ears do this, medium ears do that, and short ears do this. There was no segregating that way. We we all work on the same things, implement it the same way. Um, if anything, when it comes to differences in working with these critters, it would be the soak time involved. And really, when it comes down to it, that soak time still isn't that different. You, you should have, uh, you know, I, f I found I found with donkeys, you need to give them a little longer time to think about it. And I, the best formula I found to get along really well with a donkey as you're doing anything you can plug any you can plug any training move or any type of work that you're doing with these donkeys to this but basically ask smaller questions give bigger rewards and do it more often and uh, that's kind of the key right there with the donkeys but really you know when you think about it it's the same thing with the horses and the mules too um, so we don't do anything different. We don't really do anything different. It's all the same, the same moves. You know, there's only so many things you can do with these equine anyways, you know. You can go forward, you can go back, and you can go side to side, and like I always joke, we don't recommend the up and down, but, you know, there's only a few things you can do with them, and, you know, donkeys, mules, and horses all have four legs, or at least you hope they do, and, uh, you should be able to get along with them the same, ask the same types of questions, do the same type of thing, and, and for the longest time, I, I think that there's been, maybe in the past, folks that just quite didn't understand a horse or a mule and, uh, or a donkey. And, and so they, they just make so many different, so many different methods to, pertaining to these animals. And, and there's so many people out there telling you, you have to do it so different. It has to be so different. You know, you can't work them the same as a horse. Well, I, I, uh, one of my favorite quotes, it's out of the book, uh, True Unity by Tom Dorrance. If you haven't read it and you guys have been hanging out, listening to me very long, I highly recommend you read it because this is a big part of the way I teach and what I do. But that book, True Unity by Tom Dorrance, he's got a quote in there. It's one of my favorite quotes. And he says, you have to treat the mule the way you should treat the horse. And I just, I implement that. I, I, I live by that. You know, I think that horses ought to be treated, treated a certain way. And we can ask the horse questions and we can give them a chance to figure it out. We can do things that are in the best interest of the horse. And it's the same thing with the mules and the donkeys. We can do things that are in their best interest and help them to be successful. I want my mule to be the best that it can be. 
and same thing with the horses and the donkeys so anyway so it was fun we had yeah we had a lot of horses there and um but there's a few lessons that uh, i i want to mention if you if you have never been to one of my clinics and you want to come first thing i'm going to say is kudos to you good job for listening to this podcast right now because at least you're doing a little homework before you show up um i was really surprised at this clinic how many folks had never had never heard any of my podcast shows uh they'd never watched any videos uh and that that's either my my online video library which we have a lot of videos on there now or even just the free videos on youtube right and then the the millions of short clips and short videos and tips and things that we put on social media. We, you know, we've been posting on social media now for going on 12 years. There's so much content on social media there. Anyways, there's really no reason why you guys shouldn't have a have an idea of what it is we're going to be teaching you. And when you show up to our clinics, I want you guys to have an idea of what I'm going to be presenting to you. So that you can come prepared with questions and with things that you want to work on. Now, a lot of these folks, I mean, they were they were fantastic people and very interested in learning. But I just think they just didn't have any idea of what it is I was, I was even going to be teaching them. I didn't think they even, even knew much about what I was going to be presenting to them. Now, that's I'm speaking generally because they were a handful of folks there that definitely knew what I'm talking about. Uh, my friend John... Sklarski, you're going to hear an episode, uh, you're going to hear a podcast I did with him as a, as a, as a guest. I'll publish that in a, in a few weeks. Um, you know, but he's there and he's very aware of this style of mulemanship and horsemanship and come very prepared to work. There are some repeats that have been to clinics before. Uh, you know, Denise, she'd been to a few clinics and stuff before. She kind of had an idea. And then of course our hosts had, had been to a few clinics. Um, but the rest of the folks were brand new and didn't know. Now, they got along just fine. I'm not saying if you don't do your homework, you're not going to get along just fine. They got along just fine. But uh, I, I think if you guys really want a lot of help when you come to one of my clinics, you ought to come prepared. You know, and then there's a lot of free content out there, these podcasts and social media. You know, if you're not signed up for our, our newsletter that we do, you go to our website, sign up for our free newsletter. We send out tips every other week and free videos on there and, and whatnot. And, you know, there's just a lot of things you guys can do to come prepared. And, and I recommend you do that so that you show up and you can ask me questions. You can ask for help. You can get help. You can start practicing these things at home so that you'll, you can get more out of me when you're here. Anyways... That's just a suggestion. If you're going to come to a clinic, try to come more prepared and and ready to learn and know what I'm going to be teaching you. It's it's surprising to me um, how many people will come to my clinics and, and really have no idea what I'm going to be presenting to them. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, don't take that wrong as if like as if they should know should know me. But I'm saying uh, I think you guys ought to be doing your due diligence before you show up to a clinic, before you buy a mule, before you do something. You should do your due diligence and learn about these things um, to make sure it fits you. 
because uh, the other thing I was thinking, what if you got there and, you know, I'm, I'm teaching contrary to, to everything you're doing. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes we show up to a clinic and, you know, the things I'm presenting are totally contrary to, to what you're trying to do. You know, if you show up with a, with a chain under your mule's nose, under your mule's chin and over your mule's nose, and if you show up with uh, you know, if, if you show up with, uh, some of these combination deals and these, uh, these nose pinchers and, and, and these gimmicks and stuff and tie downs and, and, you know, it, you show up with these things, um, it's going to be contrary to the stuff that I'm trying to teach you and the stuff that I'm presenting to you and, and the way that I'm trying to, to build a relationship with these mules. I'm trying to build a feel here. And, um, you know, it's, it's good for you to, to know what you're stepping into is kind of what I'm getting at. Now, something else that come up at this clinic, um, that I guess I want to, I want to speak right out on it here is, is try. Um, now it, it rained on us a little bit. The weather really wasn't that bad in Portland, North Dakota. The weather was, was actually pretty decent. It, It rained on us, but it never got cold. It never got windy. Uh, it never got to be, you know, unbearable for, for the weather. But the arena there, boy, it was muddy. <laughs> it was really muddy and really tough to get around in. And I just have to tell the groundwork class a, a tremendous good job uh, because they stuck it with me. They, they hung in there. And uh, the, the first day, it wasn't too bad at all. The second day, it got pretty muddy, but, you know, they could get around in it. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but day three, it was so muddy. And we probably stayed in the arena for about an hour. And they tried, and they tried, and I'm seeing them struggle. They're trying to get these groundwork moves, and they can't hardly move their feet. And the mule, uh, the mules are trying for them and, and whatnot. So I... I decided let's let's go out on the grass and and um, now we may have tore up uh, a little bit of the grass there at the arena, but I don't feel too bad because that arena was was really mucky and really tough and uh, but you know having that try ha- having that try and that effort and that willingness to just keep going is a really good quality to have when you guys are working with mules. Um, the, the situation might not have been ideal. The terrain was tough, you know, trying to walk in that mud was tough. It was not fun. And these folks just tried and they, they weren't going to say they couldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And they weren't going to quit. Um, they were just going to keep on trying. And that was really cool to me. You know, and whatever you run into with your mules, or your horses, your donkeys, you run into these situations that are not ideal for you, and you may not be getting along, and it may not be that amazing for you, and, and things might not be coming, to go, coming together so great. But if you just try and do your best, it's going to work out for you, I promise. Now, try doesn't just mean physical labor and hard work. Try might mean to to obtain knowledge and like these people at the clinic they're trying to get better they show up at a clinic so they can get more education and they can learn so they can be better 
and that's try. And then when the weather gets bad, they keep going, that's try. When the mule doesn't understand and things aren't going so good and maybe they're getting dragged around the arena, maybe the human isn't is getting pushed around and they keep putting forth effort, that's try. And I promise you, if you have that try and that willingness to get better, it it will pay off. It always pays off. Yeah, so I just want to give a shout out to the groundwork class on that last day especially. And I'm talking to you, Shirley and Kellyanne and Karina. These three ladies just did their best, and I really appreciate that. So have that try. Now we're going to take a, I'm going to take a quick break right now, and I'm going to thank one of our amazing sponsors, and we'll be right back. Okay, we need to thank our friends at Lacy Boots. Our good pal Nancy Baldock got Sky hooked on Lacy Boots. These boots are some of the most comfortable on the market. They are C-width, which gives feet and toes more room, and the taller boots come in three calf sizes so they can fit just about anyone. These highly technical boots are extremely comfortable, fashionable, and add extreme impact protection. Lacy Boots also has a line of Western shirts called the Cool Cowgirl. With cooling technology, these shirts are soft and stretchy, fully perforated for airflow to help keep you cool. Find Lacy Boots on Facebook or visit LacyBoots.com. I need to thank my friend Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA. Right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks. And uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A. M-I-N, romanhome.com, and uh, tell Ben hello, tell him Ty sent you. Okay, we are back with our Portland, North Dakota clinic debrief, and I just got telling you how important it was to have a lot of try. Now, the other thing I want to tell you is to have a lot of patience. And there's one thing, I remember a, a, a fella told me once, you know, you never want to pray to have more patience. <laughs> and I thought that's funny because, oh, shoot, I pray for everything, you guys. I pray for all kinds of, of things like that. I pray to have patience. I pray to have um, the keenness to see and and the willingness to help. And, you know, but he said, don't pray for patience because, you know, the only way you're going to be able to gain more patience is to be tried. You know, you're going to have to, be tried. You're going to have to go through something that's going to require patience for you to learn patience. But patience is so important. You you got to be patient while you're working with these critters. Now, if if you can understand the mule brain, the horse brain, the equine brain, if you can understand how things are working in their mind as you're trying to present things to them, it will help you keep 
your patience, or rather not lose your patience. If you don't understand how they truly think, it's easy to be offended by a mule. It's easy to be offended by their behavior, to get upset when they do this, to take it personal. But it's important to know the mule, I promise you guys, contrary to all the stupid myths out there, the mule is not vile, okay? They do not sit and connive up away to get back at you. Now, there's a lot of myths out there about how a mule will, oh, it'll wait 10 years to kick you and get you back for mistreating them. Well, first of all, don't mistreat the mule. That's pretty easy, okay? Don't mistreat them. Second of all, they just simply aren't going to do that. They're not going to they're not going to wait. Now, if you come in there every day and you say you walked in the pen and you beat on that mule every day, well, my gosh, of course it's going to protect itself and one of these days it's going to learn from its experience. You're going to walk in there and you're going to go to beat that mule and it's going to protect itself and if flight can't occur for that mule, fight may occur and you sure enough might get stomped by that mule, by that horse, by the donkey, whatever. But probably serve you right uh, for doing that. Um, that may sound harsh, but that's how I feel. Um, you know, the mule is just not capable of conniving up revenge. In fact, it's it's literally not capable. They're not capable of doing that. They don't have that large frontal lobe that is in charge of that abstract thought that has the ability to plan. You know, you and I as humans, we have the ability to plan for our retirement. We can plan for what we're going to do next week. We can plan our vacations next year. We can plan how much food we need and, and buy it at the grocery store uh, for the next month. You know, my, my buddies out on ranches, you know, their wives go to town once a month and, you know, they got to plan. They got to buy food for the whole month. That's a human thing. Humans do that. The mule, the horse, the equine does not do that. They don't think any further in the future past finding immediate comfort for themselves, which maybe they're hungry, so they, they find feed right now. Maybe they're thirsty, they find drink right now. Uh, maybe they're uncomfortable in the situation you've put them in. Maybe they're uncomfortable, um, uh, you know, say you're, you're trying to get them to turn and you you apply a little feel in there and well they're uncomfortable in the in the way you are there so they turn and they find comfort you back off and they learn they they find that immediate comfort so that's about as how far in the future they think so don't take it personal when these creatures aren't getting along with you it's not about you usually as a as a person don't take it personal it's just about the situation you've put the mule in and why they're having that trouble and um, when they're doing something, it's not to get at you. Uh, even when these mules can, and these horses might get pushy, and you know a human might uh, title it disrespectful on the end of that lead rope. You know, really, the mule is not capable of respect nor disrespect. They don't have that frontal lobe to produce that abstract thought that respect would fall into. Now they. They will learn, and for our lack of vocabulary, we could use the words respect or disrespect, but they will learn where you make, where it's comfortable to be, where it's easy to be, and they will do the easy thing over the hard thing, for sure. They're going to go where it's easy to go. 
They're going to be where it's easy to be, where it's comfortable to be. We've got to provide that comfort. So having patience while you're working with these creatures, if you better understand that mind and how that mind works and you don't take it personal, it will keep you from losing your patience because usually when you take something personal, you lose your patience. So don't take it personal. When they don't want to load in a trailer, it's not because they don't like your shirt that you're wearing. It's not about the the pants that you chose to wear, the boots you chose to put on. It, it's not personal. Like They don't think like that. They just don't think it's comfortable to be in the trailer. Or they don't know how to lead. They don't understand that it's easier to follow that lead rope and that you wouldn't put them in a situation to to hurt them. They just are protecting themselves. So when you start to understand how that animal thinks a bit, then it'll help you keep your patience. If you haven't read Evidence-Based Horsemanship by Dr. Stephen Peters and Martin Black, I highly recommend you read that book. Um, it will really help you. And it's a, it's a simple book to read. It's got a lot of big words in there, but it's a simple book. They've made it easy for a easy for for a, a buckaroo like me to to be able to understand it. So if I can understand it, you can too. But if you understand how they think, you guys won't take it so personal and you won't lose that patience. Now, one of the individuals was working with, with her horse there at the clinic and and the horse kind of smacked her on the head with its head as it was coming around making a turn. Now, this really bothered the gal and uh, she kind of got mad at that horse and, and she's she's looking at that horse and she's pointing at it and she's looking at it in the eyes and talking to it as if the horse is in trouble. And now this might make you feel good and this type of behavior you might find effective with your child. I don't know. Giving your child a talking to because your your child has different cognitive abilities than your horse does or your mule does. But this type of thing, talking to your mule like that, pointing your finger at it, and looking at the eye and giving it a talking to, is is not is not effective communication or behavior change. It's not that's not going to be effective for you. And I told her as as much there. I said, you know, that, that doesn't really apply to the to the horse that way. You're you're doing that, but you know, you got to set it up. You got to block the horse. You got to, and you got to set it up to be easy to go where that, to help the horse go where you'd like it to go. And you got to make it difficult for them to run you over. What she was doing is she was going, trying to get this horse up to the fence. We were doing a little fence work there. If you're not familiar with the fence work, you can find lots of videos on our video library on our website, tsmules.com. But she's trying to get this horse to stop by the fence there. And as the horse is coming around turning, it's taking a big old wide, I call it a wheelbarrow turn, big old wide turn. And it's it's sure enough gonna it's sure enough gonna run her over, okay? That's that's no doubt. It's gonna run her over. Um and it and it and it kept trying to, but every time it would do that, she would just really back up with her feet. I'm talking about the, the lady here. She would really back up to this horse, away from this horse. And, and basically, when, when you back up, when you're trying to direct a horse to go somewhere, you back up, that's going to draw the horse right into you. And so she kept drawing this horse right on top of her, and it kept running her over. So finally, I stepped in and told her to take a little break. Because the other thing is, if, if you find yourself losing your patience, I think it's better for you to take a breath, step away, 
reset, relax, and then come back. Uh, I feel like you're going to get further along doing that than if you keep pushing through, keep pushing through this um, while you're angry or you're ticked off or you're, you've lost your patience. I don't think that you're going to get anything good out of that. You know, when you lose your patience, when you get upset with these animals, you're putting you're putting out these you're putting out this feel um, that is real negative. And uh, if you've ever been around somebody that's mad, now maybe you're you're at work and you know you you got to do the work because you got to get that paycheck. But do you notice how uncomfortable it is to be around somebody that is angry, even if even if they're not angry at you? I remember a time. I remember a time where uh, Sky. It was right during the crash, uh, the economy crash there in '08 and and '09. Uh, right there, things weren't still weren't going good, and I was I was having a hard time keep keeping uh, plenty of meals there and training. And there got to be a month, and I'm I'm a fellow, you guys. If 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 I didn't have any work, I'm gonna go find some. I am not above anything. If I gotta provide for my family, and I can't find work, ride a mule, I'm gonna go dig a ditch. I'll go. I'll go do anything. I'll go any any work. There's no work below me. Okay, if I gotta provide for my family. So it came time. I wasn't getting any mules in training. In about somewhere around 2009, Scott and I were just married. And I I wasn't getting any mules in training for a month, and I didn't have anything booked. So I finished up my work with the colts I had, and then here comes the next month. I remember it was August. Here comes the next month, and there's no colts to ride. I have nothing booked. I got a job, or my dad got me a job. My dad knows a lot of folks, and my dad's a friendly fella, and he's got all kinds of friends. And anyways, he got me a job, and uh, it was in. <laughs> it was the first job I ever had. It was inside of a building, and basically it was a construction slash maintenance job inside of this 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 factory that built computer chips and i know nothing about construction i wrote i rode my whole life and so this is my first weird job out of a you know um out you know that's it's not outside and and anyways i went to work there and you know of course i don't know anything about anything and i'm just trying to get along now the fellow i was working for is a Longtime friend of my dad's, I know him. I know him well. I, in fact, I rode meals for him. He has meals, and and as we're working, another coworker did something. I I can't even remember what he did. I have no idea what he did, but he really pissed off the boss. Okay, and the boss was mad and super upset, and he chucked a bolt about a. Uh, eight inch bolt, uh, about you know half inch size bolt, eight inches long, chucked it across the the little warehouse there, right at this guy. Just chucked it right at him, and I'm in there thinking, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I into? And that the boss was just so mad at this guy, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is border, this is this is violence here. We're this is not, I'm, I'm used to riding colts all day and life being so good, just working mules and horses and just being a cowboy. Uh, and now here I am in town in this warehouse and people are throwing things at, at people. I, you know, 
I didn't realize this is what life is like outside my little my little farm there, my little ranch, you know, and um I remember at lunchtime just just praying, please let the phone ring. Just let the phone ring. Uh I'll write I'll write anything. I'll take any mule, any horse. I don't care how rank it is. I don't care what breed it is. Just let it ring. I'll I'll write anything. Just get me out of here. And I remember the boss coming up and visiting with me because he loved to talk about mules and he'd come up and he'd talk to me. But he was so angry at this other coworker. He just had that anger about him and he just lost his patience. I didn't want to talk to the boss. I didn't want to be around him just because the the way he felt was just so just just so unwelcoming. And he wouldn't do anything to me. He was being nice to me, but it's just the way he felt that made it very uncomfortable to be there. Luckily my prayers were answered. <laughs> and then the and the phone rang. The phone rang, I kid you not, at the end of my lunch break after saying that prayer. It was it was a immediate answer to prayers, and I the next day I you know I come back to the the job again, and I did my day's work there. So I worked there two days, and I I told the guy I said I, I I I can't do this. This is this is not for me. I I got colts to ride, and and so you know I booked a couple of colts, and I went back to work and doing my own thing. And I haven't had a that's the last that is the last job I ever had right there. I never had another job since that since that day uh, a real job that is you know just riding mules since then doing these clinics and stuff but my point with this little story was was i that that was so uncomfortable this fella just losing his temper and you know even though he wasn't mad at me i still felt it now you got to be careful when you're out there riding horses and mules and stuff that if you lose your patience or you get upset just back off and some will say well you can't quit you know you you know and i even teach you guys right you they learn when you quit uh you know what just quit i'd rather you restart on a with a good head on you than try to push through while you've lost your patience you're angry and you're miserable just start over it's okay it's not that big a deal um there's very few things that can't be fixed i've noticed with these equine it's usually just us the more we can adjust ourselves and make the changes the better we can get along so if you get upset just back away and don't talk to your mule or your horse about how mad you are at them and how disappointed or how you know you better not do that to me again they don't understand they don't understand all you're doing is putting out a real uncomfortable feel and they're not going to want to be around you even more. So you giving them a talking to like they're a kindergartner kid is really not going to be fitting. So that's an important lesson from from this week that I thought was 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 good to know. You know, and uh, to to finish this up, I want to I want to help you remember why you are working with these critters in the first place. And I kind of told this gal that, and I told him all that. I said, don't forget why you're doing this in the first place. It's it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time. You should enjoy working with your animal. And, you know, you could be doing a lot worse things, you guys, than 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 dealing with a mule or a horse that's a little troubled. I mean, there's a lot of things that you'd rather not do. But enjoy the journey learn from it even when things aren't going your way 
try to learn from it. Try to understand the the mule's point of view, the horse's point of view. Um, remember why you started this whole thing in the first place. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be your... It, 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 it may even be your escape from reality. Just go enjoy your time with your animals. You don't have to think about work. You don't have to think about making dinner tonight. You don't have to think about you know, getting your kids off to school right now. You can just work on yourself and become a better human being, which will in turn make you a better horseman or muleman or woman and, you know, improve your relationship with your equine. And that's why we're, that's why we do it, to have fun. So keep it fun. Keep it fresh. Enjoy your time with these critters. So, hey, it's been another fun time here for me talking about this clinic and this little debrief. Uh, I want to give a big thanks to Jay and Kitty Showers. They were our clinic sponsors up here uh, in Portland, North Dakota, and I'm very grateful to both of them for putting the clinic on. I'm grateful for all the folks that came, worked hard at the clinic. For the, the wonderful spectators that were there, we had a few spectators there the whole weekend. And and uh, just a big thanks to all of you guys for making it possible for me to be able to travel around the world, share share my uh, my experiences and, and share my education with you guys so that we can become the best we can be for our animals. Hey, until next time, if it's not too much to ask, I would love to hear from you about the podcast. Uh, let me know what your favorite episode was. Um, in fact, I'd really like it if you had uh, screenshot your favorite episode and post it on social media and tell others about it. Uh, tell them why you like the podcast. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts particularly, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a five-star five rating and leave a little review on your thoughts on the podcast. So. Hey, until next time, you guys, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.